0: a cold silence, that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us, and a river so deep. We keep pretending,
1: that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of
2: silence, and it can't go on.
3: Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 6th, 2009. I always advise the newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, because on that website you can find hundreds of hours of talks I've given in the past where I try to show you the histories that lead up to the present time, the histories of the foundations and the organizers, those with money, power, and influence, and how Basically they shape the future always. They predict the future and they make it happen. They bring in the future which they plan. And we're simply living through a script, generation by generation. And I use the documentation to prove my points, written by many of the elitists themselves and those in the big foundations, those who are on the world stage. They call them actors on the world stage at the United Nations actually call them actors and they are actors because most of them are just front men who've been picked and trained for their positions and they're told what to say and to what to do while they're in power that goes for politicians too and that way of course you can always command the future when you always make sure that all the top boys in every country presidents, prime ministers are trained for their particular part the part they will play in their term that's as simple as it can be and that's how it really, really is and the older you get the more you see the blurring of faces and names because technically they are irrelevant it's only important that we believe that they're all very, very real and very, very individualistic and they're nothing of the kind because it doesn't matter which party you vote for as Professor Carl Quigley said back in the 1960s in his own book, Tragedy and Hope and his other one the Anglo-American establishment, both must-reads, he says we always have the top people in all parties. And he said then, too, this parallel government had already been running the United States for 60 years, and of course Britain for an awful awful lot longer. Therefore, cutting through thematrix.com is a website to go into for details and the histories of this organization, this world organization now, and you can also help keep me going by donating to me the site the the PayPal buttons are on the site you can send personal checks from the US and Canada or Western Union from abroad although that's kind of expensive and you can also look into Alan Watt sentinel.eu for transcripts of these talks which you can download for print up written in various languages of Europe And those who simply get the disc burned and passed around because they're not on computer, I always say I don't blame them. My name is Alan Watts. You can write to me at Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P, as in Peter, 3, E, as in Elizabeth, 4, N, for Nora, 1. And boy, what a role we're on, you know. I, I used to read a lot of philosophers' books to get an idea of... Because, you see, the big institutions and government too, the big think tanks, they pull in the resident philosophers, I always have philosophers' special ones that they bring in from the top universities to advise them on really what it is, formula. Because like Plato said, they said, people work on formula. Anything that you've made people do in the past... Anytime time in the past, even ancient times, if you understand the formula and present it in the same way again, the people will behave just the same way. They'll adapt to it. If it's worked before, it will work again. And it's true. It's true. We work on formulas. We're run by scientific socialism on behalf of the fascists. Back with more after these messages.
4: the Matrix, and talking about how philosophers are used by the big think tanks to come in and give them histories, past histories. They always use history to see how people behaved and how they reacted to certain changes. And they wanted to know the formulas of how these changes were implemented on a public, but then go along with it. Of course, they studied religions, and religions have always been the best method, really, for controlling people, making them behave uh, specifically for really a tyrant type uh, system, a totalitarian system. Uh, and for example of that, just look, look at the feudal system across Europe, where you had a king at the top of every country, you had his overlords, and then you had the, all the way down to the lords and barons, and then you had the peasantry that were bought and sold with the land. They were, they were really slaves. They were called serfs. It sounds better in the history books than slaves. But that's what they were, were slaves. And all produce was made by the slaves. Uh, any excess, meaning most of it was taken by the lords and passed upwards and other stuff was exported by the guys at the top on behalf of the king. That was the old commerce. But again, the churches themselves were always uh, on the side of the kings. So they understand how populations accept authority. And how we react to frightening news like wars or, or someone's going to invade us from over there. That was used for century after century after century. It was amazing propaganda, even in olden times. So much so in the Middle Ages, you know, that when Britain was at war with France. One of the many wars with France, because there was always, that was always their best bet. You know, They had this thing going between France and England. And both populations were kept and checked, and, and, and to keep taxes coming in to save them and all that kind of stuff. So that this little deal worked out between the, the British monarchy and the French monarchy. And at one time, a, a ship was shipwrecked on the coast of England, and the, the, the peasants, the serfs, actually hung they hung two monkeys, thinking that these were Frenchmen. That's how good propaganda was back then. They couldn't read or write. There was no TV. I just heard these stories about these monstrous French people. And we go on from there and we look at the, the World War II posters from, about the Japanese. And every World War II poster for propaganda purposes in the U.S. and Britain had this picture of this guy with the little, little eyes and kind of rabbit teeth. And uh, that was the standard portrayal of a Japanese person. Always dehumanise your enemy. Works in every every time. And of course, at the moment, uh, you've got militaries abroad there who, who get into the swing. In fact, the youngsters are taught that they're ragheads. You call them ragheads. You see, as you dehumanise them, and they're just dying to, to put that uniform on, rather than just play video games and go over and actually kill ragheads, as they call them. And that's accepted in the military. That's kind of terminology. Always dehumanise the enemy getting back to philosophers and so on, Jack Z. Lowell, who was a quite a, a deep thinker, and you could certainly lose a lot of people in some of his books, went into the whole thing about oh, what are you and what do you want? And he said, in every generation, you'll want what everyone else wants in that generation because it's all promoted to you. That becomes your wants. You'll actually think there needs because everyone else will have what you want. So you've got to have it too. We're all run by commerce. And I've gone through the histories of Bernays and all the big marketing boys. He use the psychoanalytical techniques to control and, and to make popul- whole populations do things and want things and wear things and even behave in a certain manner. And they can do it perfectly in every era. That's why they hate individuality. And I've gone into the whole Fabian system, how the world would be taken over, with branches of the Royal Institute for International Affairs comes from foreign relations same thing and it's it's various um, Far Eastern Pacific Rim groups it had Uh, as they bring up this global system bring it together and how they created a United Nations first and then a United Nations all with the same agenda both with the same agenda one transformed into the other And when you tell people their plans, they can't believe you because all they've been taught about the United Nations is how wonderful it is as it goes in to help feed the hungry like some big charity. And it's it's nothing of the kind. That's not what it's about. It's a front organization that works on behalf of the big foundations that set up the United Nations, like the Royal Institute of International Affairs, like the Rockefeller Foundation. In fact, Mr. Rockefeller gave the UN the land to build the UN buildings on in new york it used to be the largest kosher slaughterhouse in the area so it's been well consecrated for its task and when you tell people that one of the prime reasons of the united nations has is to basically depopulate the world they can't believe you they can't put together the propaganda images of the people being fed by them across the world with depopulation. But, of course, they're too lazy to go into all the different foundations and umbrella groups under the United Nations to see that most of them are actually into population control and what they call family planning or women's health. It's all the same thing. Many different names for the same thing. And this really took off after Kissinger put out that particular dictum back in the the 70s to do with depopulation and the fact that he claimed, on behalf of his masters, of course, those who he worked for, that the greatest threat to the state and the world was overpopulation, and then they really went into action. Here's an article here. It's from Bnet, Bnet, from 1994. And it says, Cairo Conference, this is one of the many UN conferences. Cairo Conference reaches consensus on plan to stabilize world growth by 2015. Did you know about that? International Conference on Population and Development. See, they always mix a good word with another word. It sounds pretty good. Population is alright. Developments, okay. Includes related article on United Nations studies on urbanization. This is against the backdrop, streaked with controversy under the intense spotlight of unprecedented world media attention, the International Conference on Population and Development reached consensus. Remember, it really means population reduction. Despite some widely divergent viewpoints on a worldwide strategy to curb global population growth over the next 20 years, and achieve sustained economic growth and sustainable development. Sustainable development is—it's like war, weapons of mass destruction. They parrot and parrot and parrot until the people parrot it without realising what they're actually saying. Sustainable development. At the heart of the work of the conference, the fifth United Nations global meeting on population issues, was, in the words of UN Secretary-General Boutros Boutros-Ghali, so great the name him twice the search for an equilibrium between humanity and its environment and, ultimately, the means to sustain life on Earth. In that light, she felt the widespread public attention to the controversial issues debated at the conference was essentially encouraging, since it helped raise consciousness, know, the colour raising consciousness or public awareness, meaning propagandising the public without them (coughs) them realising it, of important issues and mobilised public opinion into significant action. Such critical matters could not be considered without causing ripples and even some storms, he said. Convened in Cairo, Egypt, from the 5th to 13th December, the conference adopted, without a vote, a 16-chapter, 16-chapter program of action, calling for action to stabilize world population growth at below estimates of 7.5 billion by the year 2015 in the context of sustainable development. So now you really know what sustainable development means. Population reduction. Reduction. And it's preamble. Now they go through all these legalities because every great charter's got a preamble, and that's where you'll find all the nitty-gritty stuff, and the terms are used, and the meanings of the terms are used. You've got to know their meanings. Says the program states that the conference represented the last opportunity in the 20th century to collectively address the critical challenges and interrelationships between population and development. The program of action, according to Dr. Nafis Sadiq, Executive Director of the UN Population Fund, the United Nations Population Fund, and Conference Secretary General, had the potential to change the world. They had delegations from more than 180 countries. Did you know about that? You sent a delegation off, which included a number of heads of states of government and were joined at the conference by thousands of participants from non-governmental and other so-called grassroots organizations. Thousands of them, all paid by who? The big foundations that they work for. So a handful of the, the real ones, the real foundations that fund all the other ones, you know who they are. This is an intergovernmental bodies. What's an intergovernmental body? Well, these are the NGOs, non-governmental organisations, that now have official status as an institution belonging to your government—people that you don't vote for. This, is, and the media, an indication of the importance attached by the people of the world to a meeting convened for the people of the world. They had four previous UN population conferences. Now, they just don't go there and talk. They make agendas, remember, and they make them work. They put them into practice. The first one was in Rome, 1954, Belgrade, 65, Bucharest, 74, and Mexico City in 1984. The first World Population Plan of Action was adopted in 1974, and was reduced, reviewed, and supplemented at the 1984 conference by a set of recommendations for its further implementation. What do you think implementation means? Mindful of the need to continue to consider population issues at high level, the UN Economic and Social Council... In July eighty nine called for the convening of an international conference on population. The General Assembly in 1992 and 1993 stressed the need for comprehensive national population policies, which are all breaking out in the paper now about they must reduce the must-reduce internal populations of countries. I'll be back with more of this after these messages. the matrix, just showing you that big international meetings take place, well-funded, heads of state attended, and relevant departments of government attended, and yet people think it doesn't concern them. Now, I'm talking about population reduction, and even in this article, Butrus Galley, or as you like to prefer it, Butrus Butrus Galley, he said himself that they couldn't rely. They couldn't rely. This is the term on some kind of law of nature to allow wars, disasters, famine, or disease to regulate the world's demographic growth. In other words, that's not enough. You couldn't rely on it. I mean, that was a good thing, according to them. And that's true. In their own writings, they say that. Wars, disasters, famine, or disease to regulate the world's demographic growth. So they must implement uh, policies, governmental policies internationally, and make them work. For those who wonder why the Western world is experiencing infertility since the 1950s, maybe the penny will drop. And I've gone through of the bisphenol A and all the other stuff that put in your food, in your water bottles, lined the baby's food cans with, and so on and so on. And I've given the links to the CBC documentary on the disappearing male to do with the fact they knew about this stuff back in 1800s and what it would do to the fetus in the womb, especially if it was a male. But you'll still think it's all coincidence and they won't make a big deal of it on the television box. So it doesn't really matter to you, does it? But that's really what the UN is about, is to be a world front government that does undemocratically remember of what the big boys want because it's not a democratic institution and the world they're bringing in is to be one of regulation remember what Huxley said who was a member of all these various organizations Aldo and Julian Huxley they said the world they'd bring in would be a form of scientific dictatorship where the experts would guide and rule over the people and have policies enacted by government departments well, that's what we're living through we saw Bush put in the Terrorism Act. That was the setup, the physical setup to, for what was to come. It didn't matter if Bush stayed in office or not. They already had Obama lined up to come in and take over. Now the machinery was set up for control internally. The same with Blair in Britain. And Brown takes over from him. And they go into the next part of it, which is completely internationalized, an internationalized system totalitarianism, basically. Because, you see, the peasants at the bottom are just so dumb and stupid they can't rule themselves. That's what the big boys have always said. Therefore, it must be done for us and by those at the top using force and intimidation. Here's an article here from Virgin Media. It's from May the 6th today. Post Office I card role discussed. I mentioned yesterday the pilots are getting the first ones to be forced to take new ID cards, but here it goes into the public, you see. Post offices and pharmacies and pharmacies, you see, pharma is a big part of this control mechanism because, you see, big pharmas, the biggest pharmas are owned by the same international bankers. Remember that the Rothschilds are only one family who have two or three big pharma companies under their belt, the first one being Bayer. It says post offices and pharmacies maybe they're going to drug the public if yes, they're not already doing it. They have been doing it in fact. Post offices and pharmacies could act as enrolment centres for the government's ID card scheme Home Secretary Jackie Smith has said. This is the front woman for for Britain, for their homeland security stuff. Anyone who wants an identity card or, or biometric passport will go to their local post office or pharmacy or pharmacy to have their fingerprints read and stored along with a face scan. Now, he, I mentioned yesterday how we pay for our chains. The card will cost £30 for the public, and the shops will charge another 30 to collect the data. There's £60, which will be stored on a government database. So post offices and pharmas, pharmaceutical companies are working for the government. Simple as that. They're going to use one Manchester to to get the the idea across to the public. We we get used to things through familiarisation, as you boil the frog. Greater Manchester has been chosen as a launch area for the £5 million scheme with thousands of cards likely to be printed from this autumn. Anyone who wants a card uh, can sign up for information alerts at Direct Government UK. Miss Smith is meeting post office managers and pharmacy trade groups to discuss the plans. It's amazing, down through history, when you go into who owned the money systems, the gold, and the trading routes, etc. They call them merchant bankers, because they owned the merchant lanes for traffic, they owned the ships, and the systems for transporting, all of the stuff. The the old insurance companies, too, the the early insurance companies, they owned them as well. Everything was rigged. But they also owned all down through time, always owned what you can call pharma the pharma industry, the drug industry. From even in the days of Egypt. It says here The company's interest in working with us to deliver the service will play a key role in ensuring the public can apply for an ID card or passport simply and easily, she said. While private companies will clearly benefit from the increased footfall from offering the service, their customers will benefit from being able to quickly provide their biometrics while they're out doing their shopping. Isn't that nice? But so convenient. Ho ho ho. Back with more after these messages.
5: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting
0: Network. Because you can handle the truth.
4: I am Alan Watts, we're cutting through the matrix. Just discussing how the ID cards are being introduced in Britain and they'll be the same everywhere else. Because everything happens from Britain spreads out quickly now now that we're all in it together as they say we're all in it together one of the favorite slogans of world wars but that's how they're introducing it to the public and you'll pay for it it's strange that you see if they make it free you're kind of suspicious that if they get you to pay for it you think well I'm just I'm sort having of control it's mine even though all your data is for the government and these idiots will go into the local pharmacies our post offices where the people who work there live amongst them and give all their data. But never thinking that's how that's how gullible people are today. I've had people in lines in checkout counters. Being asked by the tellers for personal info. And they just parrot it off. They're so used to it, think nothing of it. Everybody's sitting listening. Standing around listening to you Yeah. Last night, it was funny because I was thinking about how Bernays brought in American culture. Not just him, remember. He was maybe the top of the tree at one point, And his nephew now is still running Britain. And they're all related to to, uh, to the, the various top psychiatrists that came out to change the world and promoted from the top like Freud. But I was thinking of an, one thing I saw to do with McDonald's. McDonald's, the, the, the fast food mush stuff that they sell. And how in the 60s and 70s, parents were sending off their children to these these holiday camps for McDonald's and different ones, too. Where, and you saw the children, about 200 of them, sitting, parting off the songs for McDonald's, being taught them. Do you realize that that's them bringing up customers for life? Total conditioning at five and six years of age. I mean, I couldn't believe it. But number one, the parents had been that brainwashed to allow it. And I thought it's a marketer's dream where they can get a hold of the children and brainwash them to eat this horrible goo. And, of course, it makes perfect sense because the marketing systems are part of government, according to Lord Bertrand Russell, who said they were bringing them on board, Madison Avenue on board, in the 1950s actually in the 40s. But they did bring them in the 50s, big time. And the press, as I've always said, has been compliant. And this little article, before I go to the phone calls, here's a little article here about how, how the press is, is complaining now. The press that kept us all in the dark, because they're also an essential arm of government to give us a reality. And it's from The Independent. Uh, this article is from the 4th of May, 2009. The many-headed hydra serpent that threatens freedoms of the press. The British news media has never been so restricted beset by the laws of an authoritarian government, greedy lawyers, well, there's nothing new in the lawyers, and dwindling editorial budgets, according to one of the industry's most important representative bodies. The Society of Editors has submitted a dossier of evidence to Jack Straw, the the Justice Secretary, claiming that meritorious articles by local newspapers are increasingly being suppressed because of the danger that legal action would bring ruinous costs. Then it goes on to, to all the different things that they can't talk about anymore. So that's them complaining, basically. Well, the same media that's kept us in trivia, utter trivia, for, for many, many decades is complaining. So it's quite a joke, isn't it? Now we will go to the phones now, and we've got Amber from Victoria. There, you there, Amber? Hello. Hello. Hey, Alan. How are yes. you? How are you doing?
1: Pretty good. Have you been getting the rain out there, too?
4: Yes. I got heavily sprayed. This is like last year, where last year they spray heavily in the morning. It would turn to that eggshell white mush, and then it would start raining. Yeah. That's what I've been getting here. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. That's actually why I called them. I've been noticing kind of a, tr- a pattern... -hmm. Lately, I noticed I heard one of your other callers talk about it too. Rachel um, was saying that it was like spraying and spraying and spraying for days in a row.
4: Yes. And then it rains. That's right.
1: And uh, it's like I wake up in the morning and it's it's sunny. I see the sun, and they start spraying. Yep. And spraying and spraying, and after a while you can't even see the, the the trails anymore because it's just so white already. Yes. And it's just like a haze. And then it it just, it blocks out the sun.
4: It blocks out the and, sun. It's like an eggshell of white. Uh, yeah, it's just a white. You don't see definable clouds eye. anywhere. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like that before. Well, not in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, just now. <laughs>
4: but that's how bad it is. I mean, the public have no idea what's already been done to them, and it's been done to them. Uh, they're into their, their iPods and their text messaging, and they stay out <laughs> of the ground and they are quite happy most of them
1: yeah yeah I try to provoke them to look up mm-hmm. when I'm walking just try yeah. to catch someone's eye and try to get them to, to do what you do but um, what you said about international totalitarianism
5: mm-hmm.
1: is, um, is quite true yep. like, the way that we're all set up it, it's also different you know from country to country continent to continent that the way that we are controlled
4: Yes, in fact, I've read articles, and I have some more here to do with the military. Uh, They go into different countries. They also bring in different anthropologists, uh, specialists with uh, ethnic groups, religions. They bring them in so they can study and use their own cultures against them and how to actually alter their culture by using their cultural thinking.
1: Yeah, and then, you know... When one culture can look at another culture and say, "Well, you know, they've got it okay," because mm-hmm. yeah. like we're, we're just as controlled as um we're more so. It's just in a different way. Like it's just yes, that we're actually, we're actually
4: more so because they keep telling us we're free.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like a you know, it's like a card trick. It's like a David Blaine of a uh, mm-hmm. just a thin illusion of of that we do have a choice. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, I am stuck in this. Nine to five, whatever
4: mm-hmm.
1: world, but you know I could get out if I wanted to, or I could do this
4: yeah, if I wanted to <laughs> and what you find is you have you've basically maybe up to five choices, but it's all confined within an area, and this is how everyone is. you have really about five choices, and they're really laid out for you you're only moved allowed to move within those about five choices yes, that's, that's what they give you yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mind right. um, you, they tell you, they tell you in old movies that anyone can become president. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm
1: still so what thinking a joke. about
4: yeah.
1: it. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> um, and the population control, like the fact that that it's not. People should be outraged at the fact that anybody's even talking about it. Like, yeah. why is there studies and mm-hmm. why, you know, why is somebody else deciding if it's okay if
4: like
1: for me to live or... Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the reason they don't we, think we about it is because... Right. You see, they've, they've all had about 20-odd years or more of wildlife indoctrination where they slip all this stuff in and you're left really with a, a, a formula in your head. So you haven't reasoned through it, but you think... Well, I guess they're right. There's too many people, and there's endangering danger in the wildlife. There's too many of us. And, again, through dehumanization, and that's the technique that's been used heavily through media, through movies, uh, as dehumanization until we don't have the respect for life anymore. And we don't respect life. It doesn't matter how, what they target. They always target something to, to create controversy because all publicity is good publicity for them. And once you, you devalue the baby's life, uh, then you go into the elderly's life. That's already happened, both of them. And then you start going for the middle group. And we accept it now. We've come to believe they're right. There's too many of us. And it's all through indoctrination, intergenerational propaganda. They can make us believe anything. But we don't stop and think, well, wait a minute now. Uh, The elite themselves have said that they will survive. They will still have families because they have the right to do so, being superior. And they say that in their own writings. Mm -hmm. So until people realize they they are no more superior or have no more rights than anyone else. Uh, then nothing will happen. It will continue.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
4: Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's it. But thanks for calling in. Thank you. And stay out with the clouds there, if you can. Now go to Todd from Florida. Are you there, Todd? Hello. Hello. Hey, Alan, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead.
2: Thanks for taking my call. I have a couple quick questions, if I may. Uh, number one is, a couple days ago, I was looking at the local newspaper here. I do so on occasion just to look at the propaganda that people are being fed. And I'm in a very rural uh, country area, and apparently they just opened 10 new uh, FEMA centers
4: Yeah.
2: within about a 200-mile area. East West in the rural area that I'm in,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that seems very extreme to me. Yes. Um, and their excuse for opening these 10 FEMA centers is uh, some thunderstorms that we had back in uh, March. hmm So in the in the past six weeks, approximately, all of these centers have opened. Yes. And I just wondered if you could comment on that. I mean, mm-hmm. that seems like a kind of a really
4: big sign that something is coming quick around the corner, you know what I mean? Uh, It is coming down. Uh, Britain's doing the same. They're they're opening, I think, seven what they call uh, titan jails, uh, also emergency camps across Britain at the same time. And they are going to use weather warfare. They're already using weather warfare, and the public don't know what's been going on for years. And they will definitely on the coastal areas start to hammer them eventually if it's more crisis because... If you look at the United Nations' plans for the human habitat areas, they've said they don't want people around the coast of countries. They haven't said why they don't want them around the coastal regions, but they don't want them around the coastal regions. And one way or another, they're going to start to, to force them out. And weather warfare is a perfect technique because it's, they can do it very very meticulously now. It's, uh, it's not difficult. It's not rough. It's very precise. And um, I'm sure that will come. But it's also come with do with the upcoming riots in certain populations and certain areas uh for the future, because they expect these riots to break out uh, about 2010, 2012, according to the, their own think tanks and the military. So they're, deal- they're getting everything prepared in advance. It's, it's as simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah.
2: yeah, I guess it shouldn't surprise me. It, I mean, it just seems pretty absurd, um, yes. but everything else that's going on is pretty absurd. Can I ask one more quick question? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I, I wanted to ask about a possible or just get your take on a, a solution to everything that's going on. Do you think that if a few – I hate to put a number on it, but maybe a few million people – uh around the world would become more self-sufficient, like you always talk about individuality. Yeah. And if we would, you know, grow our own food and dig a well and have our own water supply, things like that, would that have, would that cause any ripples? Would that cause any problems for the agenda?
4: Or what do you no, think? no, i tell you it wouldn't. Uh, all, all you can do is do those things for yourself as we're allowed to, because we know from their own plans they're going to eventually take over all water supply all growing of all foodstuffs because in their interdependent world you will not be allowed to be independent in any one area for life it means you're going to be totally dependent on your system so they're going to take all of those rights away from you and remember too in agenda 21 there'll be no private property allowed eventually and that's a simple thing today with with the economic crisis and in upping the taxations on property taxes Plus, persecuting people because they have a bent down pipe or something like that, or claiming they're in a watershed. They can put you under no time at all. So all we can do is use the, the free time that we have to uh, sustain ourselves as we live. But eventually, I, I'm afraid they are going – they're already moving to take all those rights away from us now.
2: Yeah, I'm taking steps to become more self-sufficient myself. But yeah. uh, I guess You certainly to will be healthier.
4: Too. If you're growing your own Uh, food, there's no doubt it, you're going to feel and be a lot healthier. Yeah,
2: that's true. Well, Alan, uh, thanks for taking uh, my call and for answering my questions. Have a good night. You too. Thanks for calling.
4: And there's Mark from Wisconsin. Are you there, Mark?
5: Yeah, Alan, I I work in the small town from time to time. You drive into town, you know, there's a Masonic sign on the borders of each side of the town. They ripped out the middle of town. Put in a traffic circle, put a phallus in the middle of the traffic circle, Uh and uh, in anticipation of people being annoyed about their streets being torn up, they put on the construction signs, we're all in this together.
4: Ah, yep. (laughs) 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 I don't know if you saw it in the movie Brazil, uh, about a future society. In the movie, you'll see that sign everywhere, we're all in it together.
5: (laughs) It's kind of funny. Hey, I want to tell you, when I went in to vote for president, I put you down for president. Oh, there you uh, go. I, I wrote you in for president there, Alan. I, I hope you're not upset I made your vi- VP on uh, Mickey Mouse.
4: Well, well, I think Obama upset a president by being the first foreigner to be allowed in as president, so I guess I'll just. a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't need a birth certificate,
5: Alan. Come on.
4: Well, we're all, we're all one now, you know. We're all global.
5: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and then I'm walking out of the polls, Alan, and I'm not yes. kidding you. I just about trip over this table, and it's full of syringes. Yeah. So you can you can get your uh, vaccines that lower your IQ by five percent and vote on a fake voting machine. I'm, I you know I literally live in Orwellville.
4: Yes, yes, yeah. Oh yeah, it's becoming incredible. But they have conditioned uh, the public uh, so perfectly. Uh, who are, honestly, they go through their entire lives never having an original thought about anything. I'm not kidding.
5: Yeah. Hey, I wanted to tell you this quick story. I heard I heard one of these more militant guys on Patriot Radio saying that he. He graduated in his class 13th out of 33 and he said it twice so I figured it was Masonic Code. Yeah. Anyway, his name keeps popping up on the ADL list of huge anti-Semitics and, uh, People don't know that the ADL is is masonically chartered too, so they're batting this That's ball right. back and forth until they can get their hate laws in, in, installed.
4: That's right. The B'nai B'rith got their charter from the Royal Sco- uh, Right of, of Free, the, the Scottish Right of Freemasonry. That's who granted the B'nai B'rith their charter. So you're quite right. And all their office towers are put down. You'll notice in the phone books as lodges.
5: Right, right. Some, sometime, could you go over on uh, how they radicalize uh, uh, certain uh, sex and nations? Because I understand Columbia University uh, was writing textbooks for for children that would measure the distance between a sniper and, a, and an infidel. Do you know anything about yeah, that?
4: Yeah, I haven't heard that, but I know it's not a lot of video games now, an awful lot of video games blatantly, and I'm not surprised uh, to be doing that.
5: Are you interested in growing a garden? This year I started a... a, a, a Heirloom seed website, and I wondered if you wanted a garden this year. I can send, send you some seeds if you
4: want. I, I Certainly, if I can get it dried out. See, last year they gave me rain. I'm not kidding. Spray in the morning, rain for the rest of the afternoon and day. All Every single day, June and July, it, it had the same formula. Spray in the morning, rain, and, and the ground was so soaking, even the blueberries just turned to mush eventually.
5: Oh my <laughs> but this gosh. year, I hey.
4: hope, I hope. I was thinking of asking the Air Force if they would give me a break. <laughs> I'm trying to get the, the garden in this year because I, I've got you know, a cultivator ready in the whole thing. Yeah.
5: I'm surprised the weathermen don't have to call the Air Force to find out what the, the weather is going to be. Oh, I'm, I'm sure some of
4: them are, get their orders from the, the Air Force now.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Keep up the good work. Talk mm, to you later. Bye
4: Bye-bye. Right. And here's the break coming up, so I'll take Antonio after
3: these messages.
4: the matrix going to antonio from toronto are you there antonio
0: hello yes good evening alan my name is antonio first i want to say thank you uh for having the courage to be out there and and educating and informing uh me and waking me up but uh, i guess an observation is it it feels pretty what's the word i'm looking for hopeless when so many people are just walking around wounded stuck and not being able to wake them up, even when you put information in front of them. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: That's what Brzezinski said. See, Brzezinski, remember, wasn't a genius and and knew all this by himself. He was relying relying upon governmental studies taken over decades on population uh, control uh, of the mind, basically. He worked for NASA. He worked for the NSA. He uh, had all access to all these departments, and in his own book, he said this: that the public truly will be unable to reason for themselves. Shortly, they'll only be able to believe what's told to them by mainstream media, their favourite talking heads. And so, you're quite right. So you go up with the armed with the information that's legitimate, etc., but you, you get that stupefied look um, that is not interested. But they would immediately start parting about uh, the same topics if Mr um, um, Mansbridge came on Canada. and
0: and told them the same thing, they'd believe it and start talking about it then. That's how it works. I know, and even within my family, my friends, even when I present information, I really feel hopeless. And the scary part is I can see the hand about to close tightly with this whole flu incident. Yeah. I see them spraying like like animals. It's just crazy Um, lately, and... uh, it's just too funny. I've asked people, do you look up? Uh, yeah. no? Chemtrails? What's that? Yeah. Right. It, it's it is just sad. I, I guess a question I have is a uh, parrot's, uh, one of your previous caller. I mean, I too am, uh, have been gaining supplies and trying to do uh, uh, looking at living on my own and supplying and sustaining myself, but mm-hmm. I guess the question is, being in Ontario, uh, any particular area that yeah. you, you think would be the least uh, before they, they sort of uh, take over that area, or mm-hmm. you have to always look into to
4: what's planned for an area. If you go to actually the only way you'll know it was planned for an area is to go to generally it's the shriners who deal with, the, you know, all the planning for the next 20 years because they all have hands in it. And they're the guys to ask what's planned for a particular area that you plan to move into, to rent or work the land or even buy a bit of land. They'll tell you.
0: Got it. Yeah. Thank That's you, how it works. That's how it really works in the real world, yeah. I know. I, I've, I've been using their own system to get the information I need. You're right. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, and, and, and they're so compartmentalized, they don't even know they're doing you the favor. Yeah, I know.
4: But that's how it really is. That's why they have these boards across every, uh, the beginning of every town in Canada or village even, and that tells you who rules your school board, your local council, your planning departments. Yes. And all of those Masonic symbols there. That's who. Do, that's who does your your voting polls. It's always Eastern Star ladies with little badges behind it.
0: Yes. Yeah. I know. I know. You've. Uh, I've. I've done. The, I've been doing research and I look and I just can't believe. Uh, they truly do have their tentacles in every part of society, everywhere.
4: That's right. It's like Stalin said. It's I don't care who votes for whom. He says I only care who counts the votes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And that's really how it is. But don't let that stop you. You must look after yourself first and do what's right for yourself.
0: I do, and thank you again. And uh, you're still in my prayers. God bless. And take care of yourself. Thank you. You too. Well, that's it for tonight. Mike from Hamish, myself, in a very heavily
4: sprayed Ontario, Canada. As good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.